Well, now I get in them kind of ruts because I'm not no singer. I don't never practice except when I come to sing. I've been singing this song for near 15 years and haven't got it memorized yet. So if everything works all right and I kick it off and get in the right frame of mind, I'll get through it. But y'all listen to the words of it and forget about the fellow singing it. I'm going to sing the key of C. You can tell I can't sing in nothing but C. That's all I can play a guitar in. What a beautiful thought I am thinking Concerning the great Speckleburn Remember her name is recorded On the pages of God's holy word Desiring to lower her standard They watch every move that she made For they long to find fault in her teaching But really they find no mistake in the presence of all her despisers With a song never uttered before She will rise and be gone in a moment Till the great tribulation is on I am glad I have learned of her meekness I am glad that my name is in her book for I want to be one never fearing On the face of my Savior to look Her wings shelter men from all nations Of earth's every color, every race she has gathered them all in her keeping to present to the Lord face to face. When Christ cometh descending from heaven on the clouds as he rides in his word I'll be joyfully carried to meet him on the wings of that great speckled bird thank you heavenly
Well, tonight, y'all are going to have to help me. We're going to all have to get after it. I hadn't went through about 40 messages. But the Lord kept dealing with me on one here. Tonight, I preached here a night or two and have touched on it pretty heavily about hell. But tonight, he wants me to preach on hell. So tonight, that's the route I'm going. I stepped out of the room. I was working with a message. He said, I'll give you the message when you get on the pulpit. So I'm going to preach to you tonight, passing the gates of heaven on the way to hell. It's going to be my message. I preached to you the first night. Where does your strength lie? The next night we preached was, uh, had that in my mind, feet of Jesus. The next night we preached, I found the old eye enemy. Then the next night we preached, he didn't intend for you to die. Then we preached the identity of Babylon. And tonight, the gateway to heaven is when you walked in that door. You can either pass on out it, or you can come on in. And that's the route we're going tonight. Satan don't want us to preach on hell. It's like he don't the harlot church. But that's the way God wants it. That's the way we're going to go tonight with the help of God. If you turn with me. Stand. We're going to read out of the book of, uh, let me find it here. In Luke, familiar scripture. Many of you have read it, heard it preached on many times. But I couldn't get away from this. I had to stay with it. Reading out of Luke, the 16th chapter and the 19th verse. You say, well, brother, why do you want to preach on hell? Why don't you preach on heaven? Well, you're going one place or the other. Amen. You might as well know about both of them. Amen. All of us in here ain't going to make it. According to the Bible, now some of us is going to be lost tonight. Some of us is going to go to hell. So some of you, I'm going to be preaching to you. And some of you, I'm going to be preaching to you, and you're going on to hell after I get through preaching to you. You're going right on down there in them flames, and you're going to toss and turn. But there ain't nothing I can do about that. <clears throat> Reading the 16th chapter, starting the 19th verse. <clears throat> there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and he seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water 
and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you tonight, Lord, dear Lord God, that your word would come forth, Heavenly Father. Dear Lord God, you would bind any spirit that would hinder the move of your spirit. Dear Lord God, that he would do what it is intended to this night, Heavenly Father. Dear Lord God, that your spirit might do the work, Heavenly Father. Lord God, that your word might be anointed, that this flesh might die out, that you might speak to this people. Heavenly Father, we'll give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Hell is a long time. And there's not going to be any time in hell. The clock won't tick. And the days won't be numbered. And if you go there, you are there forever. You can come in this church and you can walk out that door as long as you're alive at each meeting. But when you enter hell, you won't walk back out of hell. There is no exit signs on hell. There's no ladders to climb out of there with. There's no walls to scale. Once you're there, you are there forever. And you're going one place or the other. You're either going to the heaven with the angels or you're going to hell with Satan. There is no purgatory. There is no place in between. You either saved or lost. There's not but one plan of salvation. Repentance, water, baptism in Jesus' name and the Holy Ghost. There's not but one door. Not but one faith. Not but one God. It's death, burial, and resurrection. You'll die out of your sins and be buried in a watery grave and be resurrected by the Holy Ghost. If you don't do that, you're on your way to hell. I'm going to just ease around here a little bit because I know old Lucifer. Say, we're not ignorant devices of Satan. He didn't like that last night one bit. He's still mad about it. And he sure don't hear nothing about hell tonight. He knows better than you are there's where he's going. In fact, he's probably already got on as good a wet suit as he can get because he knows he's fixed to land there. All he's worried about tonight is how many of you he's going to take with him. He don't intend to go by himself. And according to the word of God, they're having one of the biggest construction jobs going on in hell than any one movement today. They're widening the doors of hell. Who for? You and I. If we don't get our life lined up according to the word of God. But this rich man, he fared sumptuously every day. He never wanted for nothing. Every day he got up, he made money head over heels. That old boy lived up where the elite was. He had a nine-bedroom house with five baths in it. He had them Persian rugs all over the floor. He had gates that had uh, were hung in steel, could be well padlocked. He had the best mode of travel that a man could have in that day. He was somebody in that city. It said he was dressed in purple and fine linen. 
He wore them alligator shoes, brother. He had on them Stetson hats. He wore them. Uh, I don't know how to name them suits, brother, because I had never had one. What kind are they? They're not a curly. <laughs> but he wore the best suits that could be tailored of that time. His socks was made of fine silk. Every morning he got up, he just walked down into town to the coffee shop. There he met with all of his buddies. They drank that coffee and just talked about how good life was. He had his private doctor, probably owned his own hospital, I don't know. Had his private nurses. But every day he got up, he was happy. He was a whistling Dixie. He thought he was going to live forever. He thought he never would want for anything. And there's a many a person in this world is in that same boat today. They think because of their worldly possessions and their gain they've made in this life that they're going to live forever. They don't think they're going to die. They think their neighbor's going to die. But I'm here to tell you, every one of us that breathes air will one day die. He probably was well known in the town. Probably was in the inner circle. He probably was the mayor. I don't know. But there was one named Lazarus that lay there by his gate. And he begged him for just some crumbs to eat. He had balls all over him, sores that were running. And the dogs would come and lick those balls. But that rich man every morning when he got up, he just walked right on by that beggar. He never paid him any attention. It did not mean one thing to him of the misery that man was in. He had no compassion for him or no time because he was well satisfied in his own world. He did not have time to say anything for him, but if he had a stop, and had a little compassion and to give him some food to eat and maybe called his doctor and doctored up those sores he might have found the entrance of heaven because every day he went to work he passed the gate of heaven on his way to hell many people will drive down these streets tonight passing their gate of heaven on their way to hell because I believe that the church is a doorway to heaven. And I believe you come through the church or you ain't going to make it. You're not going to make it down there in some charismatic movement. You're not going to make it gathered over there in some home. you got to be in the real church. And Jesus Christ himself is a chief cornerstone. It's founded upon the apostles and the prophets. It's not made of wood and stubble, but it's made out of the blood of Jesus Christ who bought it and owns it. And the only way you get in it is you come through the gateway to heaven and that's through the church. Yes, sir. But one morning, he got up to dress, and a pain hit him in the chest. He slumped over and grabbed himself. Thought, man, I ain't never felt like this before. His breath began to grow short. Went back and laid down on that fine bed, one that had them satin sheets and pillowcases. Them rugs, you'd walk on them, you'd just spring up and down. 
Them hangings on them walls was well painted. That plaster was made the best of that day. But he laid down in that wealthy bed and that breath began to grow shorter and his next hope was get the doctor. All he had to lean on in this world was another man and he sent for the doctor and the doctor came with the nurses and his family all gathered around but fright had entered him because he had never been in this position before. He had never felt this weakness. He had never felt his breath begin to cut off. He had never felt his blood veins begin to slow down and here he was knowing something was going to take place but he did not understand it and he called on his doctor and the doctor got there and he examined him and whenever he looked down at him he said there is no hope you're going to die and I can see him as he looks around them plastered walls are no value anymore them fine rugs can't help him that house he lives in is of no value to him anymore. He is now fixing to die. And this man died and he went to hell. What the Bible says. And now I want to bring it on down to home. Let's say tonight that one of you's going to die. Let's say it comes your time. And say the death angel's going to be in your bedroom tonight. Let's say you lay down in your bed and you feel that old ticker begin to slow down. And you have not been, you've been walking through these doors service after service. And you have walked in and out. You have never come by the prayer room. You have never got down in the day and prayed in no time. You are now passing the gates of heaven and there you're laying in your bed and you're on your way to hell. There you lay. You begin to feel the life leave your body. You call for the preacher. You call for every help you can get. But God's spirit will not always strive with man. Here you are now getting ready to die. You told yourself in this life, oh, I'll make things right and I'll get on fire for God right before I die. But here you lay. You barely can breathe. The lights in your body's going out. Everything is a whirling around and around. It's getting dim. And you feel those cold, icy fingers of death as they're coming around your throat. And you holler, get the preacher in a hurry. I don't think I got much longer. And you realize down in your heart you've been playing game with God for about 10 or 15 years maybe or 2 or 3 years or maybe you a sinner and you wouldn't played a role of a hypocrite and you have not been worshiping God when you come into the gate of heaven and now you're on your way to hell you didn't have time to pray you was busy in this life you occupied your time with other things in the world. You thought that's for everybody but me. But here you lay. Suddenly you just kind of got a half beat in that heart. Brother Elders comes by and shakes his head. They've done said it's too late for you. He lays his hand on your brow. 
And at one time in this church, you could feel the Spirit of God walk up and down your spine. But here you are laying on the deathbed, and the Spirit of God's left you because he's tarred fooling with you and judgment has came. He lays his hand on your head and begins to pray, and it's like butting his head against the wall. And he knows in his own mind God's through with you, and you know yourself it's through, but you think there's maybe just a little hope somewhere, and suddenly you begin to get darker, and it begins to get darker, and in a few minutes you slide out of time into eternity, and when you get out there, there had never been anybody out there to come back and tell you what it's like. You think about talking about being lost. You ain't never felt a lost feeling in your life until you die and leave this world and go out into eternity where there's nobody out there but you. There ain't no God to call on. There ain't no church people to look to. There ain't no prayers to pray. But there you passed the gate of heaven and you went on down to hell. And here you are tumbling toward hell and down you go. But the pitiful part about it is you won't go by yourself. You're going to take some things with you when you go to hell. You may say, oh, preacher, it don't make any difference what happens to me. Oh, yes, it does. I don't care if you're a sinner and a saint. You influence somebody in your life. I don't care whether you're lost or saved. There is somebody looks up to you. I don't care if you're a six-year-old girl, you're a 12-year-old boy. There is somebody in this world that's got their eye on you. And they're looking to you for leadership. And you're the one that's responsible in this world to bring people in the kingdom of God. We wasn't born in the church to sit here on the pews and not produce. It says sheep beget sheep. And our job is to bring sinners into the church. And you influence somebody around you. But the main thing we're going to start with, when God breathed into your nostrils, when he created Adam, you became a living soul. That soul has never been happy until it's reunited back to whence it come from. That soul is not happy down in that tabernacle when you sin. That soul lays at night and it grieves when you come out of the honky-tonks. That soul lays there and grieves whenever you puff them cigarettes. That soul grieves when you cuss and use the Lord's name in vain. Because that soul does not belong in hell. That soul does not belong in sin. That soul belongs with its creator. And it is a stranger in this world. And it is closed off by what houses it. And that happens to be your tabernacle, which is your body. And you're the one that chooses what it can do and can't do. And that soul tonight... Everyone sitting in here is wanting to have communion with the Creator. It's continually wanting to get back to God. It ain't a wanting to go any other direction, but you are the only one. We'll let it come to God or take it away. So you take that soul with you when you leave time, and you take it on down to hell. And when you get it down there in those flames in that lake of fire, it didn't want to go there, but you took it there. Because you are immortal. 
You can choose what you're going to do, but your soul has no choice of what it can do. You are the one that makes the choice of where your soul will spend eternity, in heaven or in hell. And you brought soul in here tonight, and you brought him through that gate, and it's up to you to take that soul through the gates of heaven, or you carry it on down to hell. But it's going to spend eternity somewhere because that soul never dies. But you're the one that houses it. You're the one that cares for it. You're the one that treats it right or bad. But it'll never be happy until you come to an altar of repentance and baptized in His name. And you have that Holy Ghost that comes from the great I Am. And it comes down into your mortal body. And it hooks back up with that soul. And it pumps it pumps back and forth toward heaven like a heartbeat, like a blood vessel. And you have intercession with your God. And that soul then is happy. And you'll never be happy in this world until that soul can go back to its Creator and begin to communicate with it as it did in the beginning. Yes, but you may think, preacher, when I die, I'll just be like an animal. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's, that's some more lies from hell. I'm going to tell you, you never was going to be any more alert in your life. There ain't going to be no cripples in hell. There ain't going to be no deaf people in hell. There ain't going to be no people can't talk in hell. You're going to smell, see, hear, and feel better than you ever felt in your life. And I want to tell you something tonight. When you go on down to hell, you remember. You're going to take five senses with you. You're going to smell when you get down there. And when you go down into that lake of fire, you're going to smell all that burnt flesh as it burns around there continually. Your nostrils is going to sniff up that old dry heat that comes up from that smoldering lake. That fluid is turning over and over 70 times hotter and southern and those nostrils will pull it up the canals of your nose and down into your lungs and it'll burn the insides of your body like you've never been burning your life and you can't get no air you just breathe more hell and more hell and more hell and you beg for mercy but mercy left you Amen. when you pass the gate of heaven and you went on down to hell. And those ears, they're going to hear the cries and the screams, the begging and the pleading. As I related to you last night of what the harlot church done to those that were in those dungeons poured hot lead in their ears. That is nothing to when you go down 35 feet inside of hell, down into that smoldering liquid, and it comes down into your ears. If you've ever had something in your ear, how it hurt, what do you think about that fluid from that fire, that roar and flame that's become liquid, and when you go down in there, it goes down into those ears, and it burns from into your brain, but it never stops burning. It just roars over and over. You beg to go crazy, but you can't go crazy because you are in hell and you're there for eternity. You will have no relief. That hot stuff will go through your head throughout all time and will never stop. Amen. 
your nerves, your feeling, your nerves will shoot out on their ends. You'll think you're going to have a nervous breakdown, but you're just starting in hell. Your body will shake and quiver. Your mind will rattle, but you'll know everything's going on. You'll feel that hot fire as it burns your hands. You'll feel it as it burns your body. Your flesh will almost melt and run off the bones. You'll feel as if it's still on there. And you'll cry and beg and you'll holler, but it'll let go in your ears. I passed the gate of heaven and now I am in hell because you had an opportunity one night in an apostolic church to come through the gates of heaven and get out on your knees and escape hell. But you chose to go to hell with a rich man. Then your eyes, they'll be as clear as a bell. You'll see all the faces of them with fright. You'll see them in anguish. You'll see them in misery. You'll see them crying like you ain't never seen nobody cry in your life. There won't be no tears down there because there ain't no water. It'll just be dry eyes screaming that have just scaled over because there ain't no water in heaven. It's going to be so hot you can't even shed a tear down there. All you can do is just cry and moan and groan and bawl and squall. And those eyes of yours will see those bodies as they've turned over and over into that great lake of smoldering fire and you see one body turn over and go in another. You see one shoot out there like a fish and he'll yell and scream and try to grasp for the air but he can't get no air. Back down he goes. Back up he comes and here you are right behind him. One great big whirlwind and you're going to do that not 10,000 years but you're going to do that forever and ever and ever. Oh, and your taste buds, when you taste death, and that's all you can taste all of your time in hell, you lick at death out there. You can taste the dead flesh. You can taste that dry heat. You can taste all of that burnt bodies inside of there. Your mouth swells up. Your tongue gets so thick you can't even open your mouth. It's just like cotton. You beg for water, but there ain't no water. You try to find some someplace, but there ain't no place for you to find any water because you passed the gate of heaven, and now you are in hell. But you ain't through yet. Here you are tumbling over and over and suddenly you stop for a second and that memory comes back to you just as clear as a crystal. You remember the first time you come into the church? You remember the first message it was ever preached? You remember how you sat on the pew and you gripped the seat? And you remember how conviction come upon you? How miserable you was that night? How low you felt. The whole world was in on top of you. But suddenly you let loose of that seat and you felt that spirit as it drawed you down to an altar. You remember how you repented before God. How you begged for mercy and mercy came over you. How that great burden lifted from you. You remember then how the preacher told you that you must be baptized in Jesus' name. 
You remember you begin to relate to God, I don't quite understand, and suddenly that Bible, it comes a revelation to you, and you see that God is Jesus Almighty. Jesus is God Almighty, and then you are buried into that grave, and you take on that heavenly name, and how happy you was when you come out of there. And you remember how you was down raising your hands, thanking God for for giving you your sins. You remember how good you felt and you thought it thanked him for being baptized in his name. Then you remember how that great spirit of God come down from heaven, that great guilt that the angels can't have, and he reserved it for you, and it came down and engulfed you, and you felt all peace that no man can feel except he be born of the water and of the spirit, and the Holy Ghost come down inside of you and he gave you life and you'll remember of how you used to sit up on the front seats as the saints would sing how you would glorify and magnify God you remember how you couldn't wait to be the first one to testify you remember how that you couldn't wait to get to the prayer rooms oh how great it felt to be in the house of God And you remember how you get out on your knees and you begin to pray and ask God, God, bring my husband in. Or God, bring my wife in. And you remember how you seen them get up one night and come down to that altar. And you remember whenever they got the Holy Ghost, how happy you were and how grateful you were to God. You're talking about being in heaven on earth. Your memory will be relating to you just what happened to you here in this world. And then you'll remember how those children come in one at a time how each one of them come in and got the Holy Ghost how you had a family of prayer and how they became Sunday school teachers and how they began to sing in the choir and how God began to move in your home and bless you and how you began to prosper in life how you love to pay your tithe and how you love to live for God but then you'll remember when you begin to cease to pray And you remember when you used to come to church and you'd move back a seat. No longer did you think it was essential to be as holy as you did in yesterday year. It wasn't long till it was all right to do some things of the world. It wasn't long till you never come by the prayer rooms. It wasn't long then till you didn't pray much in the daytime. Time come on, you got to where you moved back about middle ways. You used to sit on the front seat and holler, hallelujah, praise and worship God. But you remember when you moved on back to the back seat. You remember when you sat there and you began to get dissatisfied with the saints. You remember when you didn't like the old time religion anymore. When the saints go marching in didn't have no ring to it. And when the preacher preached, all he'd done was pick on you. And you remember how that you began to be discouraged in church. And you remember the day, the morning, whenever you told your family, I'm not going back anymore. I'm not going back to that church. And you remember that girl coming in and saying, Mama, don't quit church. Mama, don't give up. Mama, it's too good. Mama, I can remember how it used to be. And you said, oh, child, go on to church. I'm not going back to that church anymore. And it ain't long until a husband, he gets discouraged. He says, I ain't going back anymore. 
But them little old children, they keep trying to go to church. They keep trying to live for God. They looked up to you, Mama. They looked up to you, Daddy. You were their leader. You were their hero. They thought you knew everything about God. And here you are, breaking the laws of God, setting out in the world because you grow cold and carnal in your heart. And that memory keeps calculating. You remember one time the little girl come in about 17. Mama ain't going back no more. <coughs> you and daddy's fussed so much. I just can't take it anymore. I just ain't going to go back anymore. I'm through. On out she goes. And you remember that son that could set up with a testimony that will make the spirit move and the saints shout. He come along in two or three months and said, I'm just tired trying to go up by myself. All it is in this home is just misery. All it is here at home is fighting and fussing. I feel like a hypocrite at church. Everybody's talking about you and mom and daddy. And he quits and he don't go anymore. Then along comes little Susie, about 12 or 13 year old. The little one that went and worked real hard in the Sunday school classes. One that would get down and pray and one that was just learning to sing. Oh yes, your memory's going to remember everything in hell. And you're going to be sitting there while that's a calculating in your mind. And suddenly out from nowhere, your ears are going to hear a voice. And that child, that girl 17 years old, is going to be screaming, I can't stand these flames. They're tormenting me. They're burning me. And he says, Mama, why did you quit church? Mama, why didn't you go on and live for God? We wouldn't have wound up down here if you and daddy had helped on to God we couldn't make it by ourselves and here I am in hell I can't stand these flames and your memory will remember everything you've done in this life and there that girl is in hell screaming to the top of her lungs because you passed the gate of hell on and you went to hell and you didn't go by yourself that son a voice comes over there. Son hollering, Daddy. You know, Daddy, why did you start hunting on Sunday? Daddy, why did you quit church and go to down to the taverns? Daddy, I tried to live right. But look where we're all at. We're down here in hell. And said, all oh, these flames. I can't stand that hot blood as it goes into my ears. Every time it surges into my ears, it nearly busts my brain. Every time I breathe, I suck them hot flames down into my lungs. I don't know how I'm going to take it. But Daddy, we're in hell. There ain't no way out. Daddy, we lost out with God because you and Mama passed the gate of hell on and you chose to go to hell. You're not going by yourself. There's a lot of people. And then you hear the friend down the street that you'd witnessed too many times. They say to you, you know, I thought you was an angel. Your life I thought was blameless. Oh, I was just fixing to come into your church. I was just fixing to come down there and get what you had. And all at once you walked out and quit. And you started doing just like the rest of the world. And that one begins to cry out over there. Oh, I had my faith in you. I was looking up to you. Why didn't you go on and live for God? But no, you passed the gate of heaven. And now you are in hell. You didn't go be yourself. You carried more things with you than you'll ever realize. And tonight it is dangerous for you to pass the gate of heaven 
and go on out that door because you could be on your journey to hell. Like I said, ain't everybody fixing to make it to heaven. But tonight, you have a lot better chance than that rich man had because you've got one leaning out of the portals of heaven who can write your name in the Lamb's book of life. You've got one greater than Lazarus that's leaning over the portals of heaven tonight and he's reaching down for you. He's going to try his best to bring you through the gate of heaven. He's going to try to snatch you out of the flames of hell tonight. But you're the ones going to take that soul and either walk out the door or walk down to this altar. But the table's spread and it's up to you. I don't care whether you're a backslider, lukewarm, or wherever you are. You know where you are in your soul. You could have been in a church 20 years but be on the way to hell. You could have been walking up and down these aisles and shouting for 15 years but you could be passing the gate of heaven and tonight be on your way to hell. That death angel could meet you before you got home and yank you out of time into eternity. But tonight all you've got to do is just get up out of your seat and don't be like that rich man walked by Lazarus. You just walk right on down the aisle and just fall at the feet of Jesus. And there you'll find your refuge. And there's one when you leave time into eternity that the angels of heaven will escort you. And there you go into that great bridal supper. And there that one will take you into the heavens that you will never have to worry about hell no more. But as long as you breathe in this world, you can either pass the gate of heaven and go on to hell, or you can come into heaven and shun hell. Won't you come? God's Spirit won't always strive with man. He's waiting on you. Won't you come? You know whether you... You know whether you're a saint or not. You know whether you got your entirety with God or not. You know whether you'd go to heaven tonight if you died. You know where you stand with God. But you're going to die one of these days. And when that death angel comes by, it's all over. There ain't no preacher happy. There ain't no saint happy. There ain't nobody in this world happy. But tonight, mercy's reaching out to you. There's a God in heaven reaching out for you. Won't you come? Don't go to hell. Don't go down in that lake of fire. Don't die there forever. Eternity's a long time. Won't you spend your time with Jesus? Why don't you spend your time in heaven? Oh, where you'll eat that manna. Whether you eat angel food. Where you'll drink that water out of the throne of God that flows out of living water. That you'll never thirst no more. For you can eat of the tree of life. Don't pass the gate of heaven. Don't go to hell. Don't burn forever. You don't belong in hell. That soul belongs in heaven. God never intended for you to go to hell. He intended for you to be in heaven with him and the angels. But he's done all he can do. You'll have to bring soul to be to Jesus. You'll have to make intercession with a soul to the creator. 
You're the only one that can determine the destination of your soul. But your soul is going to live somewhere throughout eternity. It will never die.